Hello, agriculturist. I'm your host, Jacob Simpson, and welcome back to a new episode of I Believe TV. Did you know that Montana is home to natural beauty, diverse wildlife, and a variety of mineral resources? And of course, the famous Yellowstone National Park. Well, Montana doesn't just have that to offer. They also have one of the coolest state officers known to man. His name is Gunnar LaHog, and he is currently serving as the Montana FFA State Sentinel. Gunner, would you please introduce yourself to everybody on the show? Yeah, appreciate it, boss. Like you said, my name is Gunnar LaHog. I'm originally from Eastern Oregon, but these past four years, I've spent my life uh, here in Montana. I spent my time in uh, Mission Valley uh, as part of the Mission Valley FFA chapter, and I'm more than happy to serve Montana as this year's Montana FFA State Sentinel. Yes, sir. That's awesome. So you've actually got a little bit of experience in Oregon. I love how you're so uh, just ready to serve your state of Montana and the members uh, under you. That's awesome. I'm super proud of you, man. So, oh, yeah, thank you. Yes, sir. You're welcome. Um, so, like I stated before in our DMs, I have quite a few questions for you. If one is too hard to answer in the moment, don't hesitate to ask if we can come back to it later. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Yes, sir. First things first, what got you to join the FFA? I think it was a, a mixture of many things from my family to my advisor to the friends I, I had made when I moved up here to Montana. Because I was when I, well, when I lived in Oregon, I, I grew up there. I, uh, I wasn't a part of FFA, but my brother and my sister both were. And my brother was my sister were both amazing at it. And I, at the time, I didn't realize it. But um, when I did move up here to Montana, I saw my brother uh, taking amazing places at state competitions for forestry he, he actually the past not this last year but three years in a row he'd he'd won the uh the state forestry competition up here so i was oh, wow i'd seen i'd seen his, his uh, success and uh it got me thinking what what opportunity does uh, ffa have for me so that was one one big uh pushing point for me uh the other one was definitely my advisor uh mr lunsford now actually conveniently lives in Oregon so we kind of we kind of did a flip-flop there <laughs> but he uh he was uh more than welcoming uh in into my first day of uh, school when I when I'd uh, moved to Montana kind of nervous kid who wasn't too sure about what I was going to do FFA was definitely going to be part of it but he uh he he did a great job mostly by uh, shoving me on a bus and sending me to Great Falls for a competition <laughs> but uh I'm more than happy that he was uh, able to do that for me and uh, show me uh, not only a better life for myself but uh better life for uh, other people i can 100 back you on that statement you know ffa has uh really became my lifestyle i didn't really i didn't grow up anywhere near agriculture at all um, but when i joined the ffa i just found that home and you know i have this advisor just like yours that pushed me to the limit um now i don't have a limit anymore because i'm always looking for new opportunities just to come my way so i can advance uh, my way through agriculture. So I'm really happy that um, you wanted to follow your uh, your family's footsteps and joining the FFA. And uh, your advisor is just, you know, so amazing to you and you just look up to him. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. Yes, I think it's the the, the, the best build, uh, build start, first building block for, for any student. Like you, like you said, you didn't come from a background. And there's a lot of students today all across the country that come from the exact same background as you and I from a no agriculture to all of a sudden uh, being uh, kind of deep, deep diving into it, which is, uh, I think it's the best way to get into it. In my, in, in my personal opinion. Oh yeah, of course. You know, um, if you don't, if you don't know about it, you might as well learn about it. Right. Amen. Exactly. So what made you choose to stay in the FFA? For me, it was like the sense of family. I mean, my, all my friends were doing it. And like I said, my brother did it. So I, it was, like when I when I moved up here, I I had to kind of like press the restart button, which isn't always a bad thing, but kind of lost contact with everyone. I really only had my my mother and my brother to kind of get along with, so I needed to uh find find a place I could call home. But it's uh it's more than just uh one place, I guess, because now I have family all over not only the state of Montana, I could or people I could call family at least in home, places I can call home, but places all over the country that I can stop in and say hey this is this is something i i share with you guys and i'm I, i'm more than happy to to be to help and call you guys family so i think that was the biggest thing is it, it gave me a, a sense of belonging probably 
Uh, just like Sam L. Smith's song, Blue Jackets, we have brothers and sisters all across this land. Uh, that really speaks upon your statement right there. So, yes, uh, the FFA is probably my uh, my biggest family uh, that I am very proud to be part of. I love repping that blue jacket along with you, sir. So, yes, sir, I I am backing you on that statement. As you should. I'm glad to hear that. So, what's your favorite part of the FFA so far? Man, that's uh, probably the like getting to – I don't know if it's getting to know new things necessarily is the right way to state it, but uh, getting to also I'll, 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 I'll just say that getting to know new things and getting to see new places. Um, I I love the travel and I loved that before I joined FFA, but um, the idea of travel used to be going to places like Paris, France, or Miami, Florida, and seeing big cities. But now I'm more excited to go go to um, I mean Baker, Montana, with a population of maybe a whole two people, or Circle, <laughs> Montana. And uh, and see what they have to offer the the world because that's really where uh, the the backbone of everything is the backbone of every building every every meal put on every plate is out of these small places like this and the people there you me are probably the most honest and most in- interesting to talk to more than just some random person you'd meet in in any of them big cities so I think the idea of traveling and learning from these people all over the place is probably my my favorite. Uh, part of the FFA traveling is uh, one of my favorites too you know you always get to see cool things away from your hometown that's why I love uh, you know getting inside the suburban or the school bus and just heading on the road and just you know trying to enjoy what I get uh, in those moments you know Um, this year my chapter got uh, the national three-star chapter award so we're going to go to Indianapolis and we're going to be uh, taking two suburbans um, now imagine, uh, two people driving suburbans with a whole bunch of kids. Now that's going to be really interesting, but you know, uh, on the road from my hometown of Dewey, Oklahoma to Indianapolis will be one of the best experiences I will ever get because I've never gone that far, uh, in a car and I've never, you know, really seen that far, um, outside of like my area. Um, of course I've been everywhere in Oklahoma, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that you're just so excited to like to do. Um, you know, it's like, it's not just about the destination. It's about the journey. It is about the journey. I think the journey is the most important part. I mean, you, you always have your idea or your mind, your mindset on the, the end goal, but you never realize the, uh, the experience you're going to get on the way there. So I think you, you definitely have the right idea. Yes, sir. And a lot of those kids um, who went uh, to the WLC this summer, um, they're telling me like, dude, you need a, you need to go next summer. You know, it's just so fun getting to spend uh, like an entire like three days on the road with a whole bunch of kids you never met. Uh, and I'm like, uh, well, you're kind of insane uh, spending three days on the bus. But, you know, as I look back on it, I'm like, you know what? You're, you're looking like every single background uh, outside that same window for three days. And you're just having a blast with these kids uh, who are repping that blue jacket. I don't know. That is definitely, definitely a, a great experience for sure. So this is the uh, the hardest question I ask everybody because they don't like it. Um, what's your least favorite thing about the FFA? Actually, I think I not that I don't like it. I think it's a very productive productive question. I like that a lot, actually. Um, I, I I I dislike the the parts of the path, um, at least Mont kind of Montana face it has taken, but also national and other states have taken uh, to being kind of like what seems like straying away from true blue collar kind of redneck agriculture which i think is in my opinion it's the most important part and i don't think it's something that we need to push on people i think it's just something we need to make make known to those that that are from bigger cities that are joining ffa or that don't don't see that part of agriculture that's i mean that's that's what we're about i mean that's that's why we started to to educate people about what rural life is and what agriculture has to offer. So I, w- I would like to s- see that we uh, can get back into, into our old ways a bit more like that. But um, that's probably my least favorite part right now. But I mean, there's always, uh, there's always room to grow and change. So I have no problem with it. You know, you're not the first person who has said that. Um, I forgot who else has said that before. Quite a few people have actually. Um, but I a hundred percent agree with that. You know, I wouldn't say technically like go redneck, but you know, uh, bring yeah, back yeah. like, 
the the overall focus on agriculture. Now, don't get me wrong. Leadership is a ma- like a huge thing that all of us need to have. Um, because, you know, that's what America runs on, agriculture and leadership. But without bo- uh, agriculture um, pressing on that leadership, I don't think we're going to go anywhere with uh, leadership. Um, agriculture needs to be the main focus um, in our organization because that's what we were founded on. Um, you know, back in 1928, those kids were uh, just wanting to, you know, start up a program uh, based on what they know to show other kids about agriculture and life on the farm. Um, you know, of course, throughout decades, you um, that that name changes into something even bigger. I love the FFA so much. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I, I kind of wish that um, some of us would get our hands even more dirty in a way. Um, I'm not pressing on the livestock kids or those in the welding shops. I'm one of those kids because I show livestock and I'm always on the plasma table, but like, uh, like getting our hands like deeper into what it means to be an agriculturalist. Exactly. I mean, more than, more than just our organization being steeped in agriculture and that's why we're here. I mean, that's part of why our country is the way it is now. I mean, go back to the railroad, the people that worked on the railroad, the people that worked out West, the people that moved out West. Uh, that's all agriculture from that. That entire railway is, was made to move agricultural products. So, I mean, that's, that's a little part of history that maybe not a whole lot of people understand uh, is a big, big, big part of agriculture. Um, and that's something that, I mean, like we just said, it needs to be a bit more uh, looked upon. Yes, and uh, you know, in those mid eighteen hundreds, when um, uh, we were first moving people to California because of the gold rush, uh, that's like the whole sole reason why we made the Continental uh, Railroad so that we can move products back and forth from one coast to the other. Because um, you know, resources are important, especially um, like lumber and uh, rock materials and um, like food products. You know, such like that. Um, and the railroad has really made um, ranching so much easier. You know, um, we have something called the Kansas-Oklahoma Railroad, and they made that railroad to help ranchers from Texas move their cattle up north because the, uh, the north, um, they were, you know, processing uh, the meat. If you know anything about Green Bay Packers, the reason why they're called that is because of the packaging systems up in Green Bay. Um, that is where they processed and packaged all the meat for America. Uh, no, I'm glad to hear you be able to speak on this. This is a, I think this is a, the perfect place to start hearing students uh, and people as part of the organization realize the, the history that uh, agriculture has to, has to offer. So I'm actually I'm very happy to be able to hear you speak on this. Oh, yeah. History is one of my most favorite things. It, anytime there's something about history that's brought up, I'm going to speak upon that. Um, so I have no problem whatsoever speaking upon uh, important history like uh, like railroads. Well, I better not catch you at nationals. We'll be talking all day. <laughs> uh, oh man, you should um, you should meet my buddy Braden Hamilton. He was my tenth, nope, ninth episode. Yeah, ninth episode on here. Uh, he is from Durant, Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. he will be at national convention. So you two need to talk a lot. Um, <laughs> He is, he's one of my good time buddies. He's, he's, he's always talking about trains. Uh, he even has his own YouTube channel about, uh, railroads and such. Oh, nice. um, yeah. I yeah. Can't, get, can't get caught with him. I'll, I have, I have official things to do, man. I can't, I can't be caught with you guys. I'll be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not much of a train guy, but you know, I, I know a little bit of background. Oh, honestly, just the history part. I'd chew your ear off. <laughs> Uh, if you could change one thing about the FFA or an agriculture in general, what would it be? Man, I, you know, like, like I texted you earlier, I, I've been trying to listen to the show and get ready for some of these questions. This is probably, for me, this is probably the hardest one. Um, <laughs> I, I have to say, like, I like, I really do enjoy seeing agriculture be fought for in the law systems, uh, especially up here in Montana when they, when we, uh, have to fight against I mean uh, shoot political activists and uh, I mean just activists in general that try to try to change our way um, like recently we had a, a case that tried to bring down all of our emissions which is happening everywhere um, 
and this goes for everywhere more than just here in Montana. Um, we we ended up losing that case here about a week ago, and it's going to make it harder on farmers and ranchers. And I think we need to see a bit more, a bit maybe a bit harder, a better fight. Maybe uh maybe a bit more people in the law profession uh, that know what they're talking about when it comes to agriculture and are willing to fight for us. I think that's most of what I want to see agriculture, uh for for sure is a uh, the uh, stronger fight and uh, against uh, the law systems. So I actually like learning about these uh, cases about law. Uh, my friend Jocelyn James, she presented a law to Oklahoma state legislators about water conservation, and it was pretty interesting. So what details by far do you know and like have knowledge of about that case in Montana? So it was put together, actually. There's a, there's a national company organization. I, I can't recall what they call themselves. They, uh, they go around the country and they go to to different, I mean, capitals. So they were this would this happened to all go through the Helena, so Montana state court system. Uh, it was these children, and I think that the ages I want to say ranged from a kid as young as five to a gal who is now probably eighteen, nineteen. She, she, she was kind of the the main talker for. It. I mean, obviously these kids are as young as five, so maybe they shouldn't be on a on a stage in in the the Supreme Court of Montana. But uh, she she uh, grew up on a ranch uh, here on the east side of Montana, and she didn't agree with a whole lot of the emission laws and the way that farmers and ranchers use their emissions. And she she I understand the fight against it. I understand the want to uh, conserve our our planet and make sure our ecosystems and everything are, are healthy. And that, that 100%, I can agree with that too, but the, it's, it's the way that they, they pushed it. They were, they were trying to cut off diesel emissions by, I want to say 80, 70, 80%. It was, they were, they were trying to chew bite off a bigger bite than they could chew. Um, and it obviously ended up working for them. Like I said, they won. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a big loss for, uh, Montana farmers and ranchers uh, more than anyone, um, but it was a it was a case that I, I tried to follow as well as possible. And you know maybe I'm getting a few things wrong here, but it's it's something I I, I wish we would have had a a stronger fight against. I am curious how we can cut down seventy to eighty percent of diesel emissions uh, emissions in general. You know, it's I don't think that could be humanly possible to do. Uh, no, you're you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if you think about it, uh, we have been using uh, oil for thousands of years. You know, um, they've been using it for lanterns and warfare and things like that. Um, and then as we get like more innovative, we've been using it for our engines, uh, for our cars and generators and electricity. So those emissions, we didn't really think about it until uh, like early to late 1900s um, when it really became a problem. And, you know, scientists still today don't really know how to fix that problem besides cutting down the uses of our everyday um, generators, such as, you know, electricity and vehicles. Um, So how does one particularly, you know, enforce that law to cut down 70 to 80 percent without uh, making a plan to do that? Yeah, that's exactly the problem they have now. They, these kids might have won, and this this group that organized them might have won. But the, that's the problem. You see, I read an article. They they said that after they'd won, they they'd gotten what they'd wanted. But there's going to be the problem, exactly like you said, of enforcing it. They have no idea how that's going to go go apart, and that's probably just going to end up being more of a fight in the Supreme Court. They're going to have to find more lawyers. They're going to have to spend more time researching and. It's it, so it's it more than anything it's it's just kind of a time waster right now I believe, um, but I mean I'm I think they got what they wanted uh, as far as uh, showing that kids wanted to change the use of fossil fuels so I mean that's that's good for them but now they're just kind of in a in a standstill and they can't really do much with it so I you're exactly right they they don't really have an uh, an idea of how to execute. Yeah, that will be interesting to see in in the future. I want to I want to touch base on that uh, in in the later future. Um, where do you see agriculture in the next ten years? Actually, I think this goes right on to my my last 
uh, my last statement. I see it uh, entering the the courthouses and Supreme Courts a lot more. I mean, obviously, with with fossil fuels and being used, and uh, the idea of animal slaughter not being the most popular anymore, uh, and that idea that farmers and ranchers don't treat the land or their animals well. I think being an FFA member that 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 showed me that uh that's obviously not the case, but we're getting these people that uh, see through a, a foggy glass and maybe aren't getting the 100% truth about it. So I think we're going to see a, a very steady, but also very fast increase of farmers and ranchers uh, having to fight uh, for their rights to coming to make, make a living and uh, work for the people around them. I have had, about five people uh, messaged me on Facebook, you know, slandering me about um, being a, a kid who are um, who is wanting to pursue agriculture in in later life, uh, and you know, hosting this podcast promoting agriculture. And I've I've had to block them because um, a that's not you know that's not right to say to a sixteen year old a teenager, um, you know, just trying to do what's right for our country. But again. Um, it, it hurts me knowing that people see us as bad guys. They, they don't know um, what we're trying to do for the sake of our country. Um, you know, if, if they really wanted to do something, then they should have already done it by now. Uh, but, you know, with, with how um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like conservative, but you know, um, how like stubborn we are, to try and keep tradition i think it's uh i think it's important to say that us you know ffa members 4-h members and those who are working on those family-owned farm and ranches we need to band together and better educate those who are just wanting to uh not educate themselves it it's not something that um you and i should be fighting alone you know it's not right that i should have to uh look in, in my facebook dms and see um, people cussing me out. It, it's not, it's not healthy for you and me mentally. Um, so why not educate those who don't want to educate themselves? Absolutely. There's always a constructive argument that can be made anywhere. Even if you're the one that's really trying to fight to make the argument or conversation, let's say, uh, productive and as mellow as possible. Not everyone's always willing to have a productive, uh, a constructive argument, but it is always, the best, uh, I think, in my opinion, the best way to, to go along with, with things like that, especially with your Facebook DMs, is try to, I mean, be peaceful about it and make a constructive conversation about it. Because I, I actually don't like the the idea of constructive argument because argument, obviously, in turns that they will be fighting. But um, I think the idea of a constructive conversation uh, needs to be uh, better known for sure, too. Yeah, you know, arguing is never the best case to uh, to go. You never want to argue. Uh get in an argument that you know you will lose um you know it's one of those things i had to do you know um whenever they were cussing me out i just i just didn't really read it all i just blocked them on the spot because i didn't want to deal with that um now should i have said something maybe i kind of regret blocking them and not saying in them now um but you know it's one of those things that you know i shouldn't argue about it because they just they just see me as like somebody who's not worth it in a way um now don't get me wrong i'm i'm really trying my best to push agriculture to um the fullest i I wanted to see our country uh, prosper in agriculture in the next 10 years and so on so forth um but you know it the social media platforms that we use today is um just it's it's an easy use to just fight it's not it's not being used in the correct ways um, but if people like you and me are wanting to use like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatsoever to use um, for good, then I think our country won't be as bad. You are absolutely right. I'm glad to hear that. So what were your original plans for after high school? Uh, yeah, so I kind of ended up after having conversations with my uh uh, advisor for long enough, I kind of built in the idea of being a state officer into my plans. Uh, but if my backup was to join the whatever Forest Service or Bureau of Land Management agency I could, depending on where I was going to settle down. 
uh, and go fight wildlands firefighters. Uh, my family's been part working for the Forest Service for five generations now, all the way back to I want to say my great great grandfather, great grandfather, somewhere around there. Uh, anywhere from Holland Logs to my grandfather was a hot shot. Uh, my mother fought fires. My brother fought fires. My cousin is actively fighting fires right now. My brother-in-law fights fires. So it's a uh, it's in my blood, I, I guess that's what I should say. Um, I wanted to get into that because uh, that's uh, I think that's something that kids miss out on in FFA is that the, with, especially with SAEs and stuff like that, they, they're shown that they, they should maybe be going on to their own business and working for themselves. But I think we lose the idea of working for others and fighting for people, even if it's with the dirty jobs. Um, people need to be willing to take those up. And even the, I mean, hell, even the dirty jobs are fun. So I, I have no problem with doing that. But that, that was my original idea before I uh, ended up moving here to Bozeman. That is actually really cool. You know, um, <laughs> I, f- I forgot what movie. I think it's called Playing With Fire. It's about um, these uh, forest firemen. Uh, John Cena plays in it. It's, it's one of the funniest movies ever. But, you know, it's really cool how, like, to see, like, the equipment they use and what they do to fight forest fires. Um, so I have huge respect for uh those who fight those wildfires um out in the western united states it uh you know you guys don't really get that recognition unless it's done um but you know it fires are hard to contain you know um Mm -hmm. and i think march april i forgot when but uh we were having four not for uh wildfires up here in northeast oklahoma in my area um, you know, this, there was smoke everywhere and it's hard to breathe, you know, me being asthmatic, it wasn't a good deal. Um, I remember we, I was getting out of the, uh, the gym for, uh, a mascot trial. And when I stepped outside, I could hardly breathe and see, um, you know, that smoke is just crazy. And then, uh, when they contained it, you know, you could still see the smoke smoldering out in Osage County, um, where the fires were more prominent and, um, you know, there's, there's more fires popping up here and there in Oklahoma. Like, oh my gosh, this is ever going to end. Um, you know, droughts are insane. It, it just helps, uh, with that, you know, that dryness of the grass and just helps, um, you know, fuel that fire. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a good thing to, you know, uh, look away from that stuff unless it's like a, an occurring problem. Uh, so I have huge respect for, your family putting in that those hours and the time and effort into the forest uh, businesses. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate that. So I want to know about your SAEs, your CDEs and LDEs from when you were in high school. For those who don't know, an SAE is a supervised agricultural experience. A CDE is a career development event and an LDE is a leadership v- development event. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with my SAEs. I kind of had—I want to say two or three. I can't—I can't remember now. Um, my my big one, I think I would say. Well, no, definitely the biggest one I had was uh, for a little more than a summer. I got into carpentry thanks to my grandfather, and we were building these garden boxes, four foot by sixteen foot garden boxes, because for some reason there was a big business for it all the way up Western Montana and people were willing to come pick them up. But the, but the rest of the market was bad enough that people were charging anywhere from two to 500 bucks for a couple pieces of wood that were slapped together. Granted wood prices weren't the best when I started that, but I could buy a couple pieces of wood and slap it together. At least that's what I thought to myself. So, you know what I did and it actually ended up making me enough money so I could, buy my first show lamb which would have been my second SAE and uh buy my first vehicle and made me really uh self-sufficient so that was uh that was definitely my probably my favorite and my the, the actually the first SAE I started on and, and like I said I used that to buy my my first market lamb and I after that I realized uh, I didn't I didn't appreciate the show world as well as some people did so <laughs> I, and I and I do and I do enjoy enjoy livestock. I I do plan on raising cattle myself at some point, maybe even if it's just a small herd. But um, I, I I mean I just wanted to get get the experience of being able to say, hey, I yeah I've shown something before. I understand it. Um, but I do love uh, the idea of taking care of these animals and giving them the best life and creating an amazing after product as well. That that fascinates me. Uh, and then my third uh, SAE would have been I worked for a feedlot. 
uh, Valley View Charlays uh, out, I want to say 30 minutes outside of town where I was kind of, kind of middle of nowhere once you get outside of there, I'm not going to lie, but it was a good experience. Again, it allowed me to learn how raising animal, how to raise animals more specifically here was uh, feedlot steers and feedlot heifers uh, and a couple bulls we had too. I want to say we had maybe, maybe 20 big old, big old uh, Charlay boys. Oh, um, wow. And they, it was a, it was a good operation. Probably the, one of the bigger size operations we had, we were running maybe 14, 14, 1500 at the time. Uh, I came in just in the winter when I knew they could probably use a little bit more help because it was just the father and his son at the time. And winters are always hard up here in Montana. So I figured I'd, I'd lend a hand and I got to go see what uh, sale season was like and got to join in on that and just uh, worked in the feedlot for, for, I want to say a little less than a year. So that was a probably, um, that might even be better than my, my, uh, garden boxes SAE, but I, I did really enjoy those. Um, and then I guess I'll go on to my CDEs and LDEs. I will say I didn't do much for LDEs. I, I kind of got sunk into livestock judging and sales, which uh, happened to be my two favorite. I actually took, team took second this last year's state convention for sales and I took fifth overall, which I was very, very pleased with. Uh, my buddy took third could have should have gone to nationals but that's a story for another time um and then like i said lds i don't honestly i don't i don't know if i actually competed in ld i think i just kind of mostly stayed in the real competitive cde stuff three saes and then your cdes and your L- that's awesome i love i love how like detailed you made your saes um i guess mine aren't really too detailed um I have three active ones right now. Um, I had a fourth one uh, from my freshman year, but I like it, it didn't go anywhere, so I just deleted it. I only got like eighty bucks off it. Um, but the three ones I have right now, um, of course, my first one is uh, goat production. It's just a fancy saying of I show goats. Um, I have one head right now. He is the cutest little boy ever. I call him Cue Ball because he's all white. Um, he is a really good go. I didn't have to train him much. I just, I just work on him like every now and then because of how hot it is down here. Um, I don't want to like wear him out, but he, he braces awesomely. He walks fine. Um, and he did pretty well on his first show. So I'm pretty pleased with him. Uh, my second SAE is, uh, metal work. So what I do is I, uh, take up orders from people from my area and if they want like uh, a design, I will put that on a computer. I will tweak it up a bit, and I will print that out on metal. Um, now I don't do welding because you know um, my my teacher didn't really allow me to do that until this year. Um, but I'm getting OSHA approved right now, so I have my uh, Chromebook uh, open right now, just getting those hours. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. Um, my biggest project I've done with that was a uh, a four foot by four foot circle uh with uh like cursive writing and a peach in the center and it was for a tanning salon and um they paid me they didn't pay me but they paid the chapter a little bit of money um because they just they just wanted it and uh, what they did was they painted that fully black and put orange lighting behind it and it made a really cool effect so um yeah i make pretty cool designs out of metal and then my third sae guess what it is it is this very podcast um so i have um well spoiler alert i have contracts typed up right now for sponsorships and uh, i have three tiers um i will not give out what they are just yet because um i'm still trying to get those printed out and uh handed out to uh businesses uh here in my area but uh you know i'm trying to get contracts uh for the sponsorships up so i can get some money in uh, cause you know, if you're not spending money, you're not making money. Um, so I've already spent about 80 bucks so far, um, on just business cards and, um, like t-shirt designs. I have, I've only made one t-shirt so far. Um, my aunt, she, uh, decided to help me out with that and she made me a t-shirt for my podcast. And I'm trying to like, uh, get some inspiration off of that to get, get like a full merchandise line out. Um, but yeah, this is probably my favorite SAE so far. Um, even though I started this in June. Um, but yeah, that's, those are my three SAEs. And then my CDEs, um, I started out, 
um, with the vet science CDE, and I just go to competitions for that. It's, it's just memorizing what things are um, and just random facts about vet science. Uh, of course, you know, those quizzes and quiz bowls, you know, fun. Uh, livestock judging, I picked that up last April. Um, I went to a workshop and I fell in love ever since. So I'll be doing quite a few uh, competitions here and there throughout the school year. I will be doing shotgun sports uh, starting this year. And then what else? I will be public speaking, of course, again, my LDE. Um, I already have my speech typed up right now. Um, that is that that entire speech is based on this po- uh, podcast, you know, ag policy. Um, so I'm really excited to see where that goes. Um, other than that, I am not too exciting. Um, it's just plain old me, plain Jane. Hey, well, it sounds like you got a pretty good path for for yourself uh, here in the FFA. So I'm I, I'm very excited. I'm gonna say to see how this podcast goes and where how it does for you and your your uh, speaking events because I it, the when when you when you'd asked me to to come on that same day, actually I'd been at work and I was like, you know what? I'd really like an FFA podcast to listen to while I'm at work. And just so happened that you you uh you hit me up, so I was uh super excited to hear that there is someone uh starting something up like this so uh, big big props to you man hey thank you and guess what this was i'm not the first person to do this um my buddy tyus montgomery he is from red oak oklahoma and uh he was i think the first person to start a podcast um here in the south uh about agriculture and he's a uh, he's primarily uh gotten to talk with ffa members just like i have um which is really cool and he he was kind of my inspiration to do this um some friends at a competition were telling me about it and i told them about like a failed uh news hour i had on youtube and they're like hey you need to try this out instead you know have your own podcast i'm like all right fine i'll try it maybe um and then two months later after that competition here i am um with a little bit over 500 listeners and um a whole lot of listens so yeah i'm glad to to hear that what are you most excited about this upcoming school year in the FFA? Man. Well, I mean, I'm not going to school uh, personally. Uh, for me, though, like this this next year, like me and my team have gone over this too many times now. We're, we're pretty undecisive, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> we, we really just want to get to know each other better and get to know the members of Montana better. Uh, we... We aren't. No, we we are all the same age, I believe. Uh, we've all just graduated high school, so uh, we I, we believe that we'll have a better connection with the the members than than any other team. We hope to at least. Uh, so that's probably uh, what I, what I hope to get out of it this year. That's good. I like uh, I like asking people what they're excited for this uh, upcoming school year in the FFA. It's int- it's interesting to me um like what other states do for their members uh you know louisiana F- ffa hawaii ffa um oregon ffa even they have so many different things going on uh other than you know oklahoma we have uh competitions already starting up we have cult conferences coming up this uh the 28th and then all throughout uh september so um we have a busy few months ready for us oklahoma ffa members and I am very excited to see where um, other states are going with their uh, their associations. Sure, absolutely. So I have some fun questions because I'm a fun person, and I like to have my listeners know that we have personal lives and that we're also fun people to be around. Um, and, of course, you've been listening to some of my uh, episodes. So I want to know, what is your favorite or funniest FFA moment or moments? Man, that's a that is a hard one, actually. Oh man, oh I, I guess I can say this now. Um, it, now that my advisor's moved on to a new new chapter, uh, this <laughs> last year at State Convention, uh, the the my, the buddies in the hotel room decided they uh, they wanted to kind of ease some tension because I definitely wasn't making it the most uh, enjoyable stay uh, running for state office and all. So we uh, had gone to North Forty, one of the uh, outfitters. Uh, like warehouses up here uh, in Great Falls, and they just so happened to have tasers for twenty bucks. So oh, two oh. two of them decided to buy tasers for twenty bucks. So we had a 
a room full full of full of high school boys with two twenty dollar tasers and we uh they will i no i was definitely a part of it we we got a little crazy uh, definitely uh not not the greatest idea they've ever had kind of kind of wish i would have been somewhere else while that was happening or would have been able to stop it but uh that was uh definitely the the craziest and most fun thing i can think of uh right now definitely the first thing that popped into my head <laughs> Oh man! I th- if you have a look at my personal page on Instagram, um, I posted a video of me getting tased by my cousin. Um, so my female cousin, she just got, um, she just got uh, graduated this uh, past school year. Um, she's uh, a soccer player at a, a college now. Um, NAIA, I think that's what the league is. I forget, yep, but yep, she's you're a- right. Yeah. Um. But anyway, she got that taser, you know, for when she's out and about uh, in OKC because that's where her college is. Um, <laughs> um, so my other cousin, he's like, hey, um, for 20 bucks, would you get yourself tased? I'm like, 20 bucks? I don't think that's worth it because this thing, it looks scary. It, it seems powerful. Um, and there's a whole bunch of people. So I was I was going to gouge him for the money. I was like, you know what? Five bucks from everybody in here and then I'll do it. And he's like, OK, bet. Um, but whenever they heard that people were starting to leave, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll take the 20 bucks. So we stepped outside and, um, he, he, I pull up my pant leg up a little bit to, uh, expose some of my thigh. Uh, cause I figured it wouldn't hurt as bad. Um, and it didn't hurt at all. So when he shocked me with the taser, um, not once, but twice, it didn't hurt at all. I was like, Man, you got, you got lucky then. My 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 teammates and FFA members were not nice about it, and those those must have been some strong tasers because we were not happy with ourselves afterwards. Twenty bucks tasers though. Twenty dollar tasers that that hurt pretty pretty <laughs> oh. good. But hey, at least I got the twenty bucks. <laughs> That's hey, all. yeah, now you can buy now you can buy your own and get it back, right? Heck yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta hear another one. You seem like you got full of stories. Oh man, oh gosh, what else do I have? Well, I'll tell you about the one I. We uh, found this gal lived up by my place that needed help uh, cleaning up her property through the FFA. So me and a, a buddy from the chapter had to go there. But at the time, I didn't have my own truck. So I went with my brother. And it just happened to be in the foothills of the Mission Mountains right where we were at. And the roads aren't exactly the, the flattest there. And they're, they're fairly steep. So we're running around trying to find the place because our buddy gave us the wrong address. And we end up heading back down one of these roads and we didn't realize there was a culvert that flat that straight like flattened out the road real quick for all about maybe 10 feet and uh, we're going down at maybe like a seven percent grade and we're in a flatbed f-350 obs ford with a 460 in it it's i think at the time it weighed eight thousand pounds so we're a couple ton we're a couple ton truck and all of a sudden we hit a piece of road that flattens out and me and my brother probably like 15 foot in the air in an eight ton truck. And we both, we, it was, it, we were in there for so long that we had time to look over at each other. We had the, <laughs> Oh, Oh no face faces going on. And we, we, we happened to straighten back up by the time we hit the road and I, I hit the ceiling. He hit the ceiling. We hit the, we hit the floor pretty hard and we, we, he, he's a good enough driver. He straightened back out and got back going on the road. So we, uh, after that, we get down to the stop sign and we just looked at each other and started laughing our butts off. So, I mean, we, that was probably, we, we, we got some, me and him, especially my brother got in some, uh, got in some trouble, but that, that's, uh, that's okay. <laughs> that sounds like something my brother and I would do. Um, so of course my brother, uh, he graduated in 2011. So he's been out of high school for a while. He's 31 right now. Um, <laughs> but it, it seems like something he would do. He's, he's that kind of guy who, uh, likes making fun of people and, uh, wants to have a, a little adventure uh, whenever he can. He's he's not a bad guy whatsoever, but he he's one he's one of the best people I know. Um, that reminds me when he uh, about ramped the railroad track heading over to the farm. <laughs> I, I I jumped up out of my seat and he's like he had his seatbelt on. I didn't. I should have. But he's laughing at me because I hit my head and oh man, yeah. So, um, you've already heard some episodes, and it seems like an important question um, for us Southerners. Um, I forget if Ayla 
um, had Raising Cane's. I know she had Chick-fil-A, but um, I forgot about Raising Cane's. So um, you already know where this is going. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Yeah. I will say, say we Raising Cane's is a – well, we're pretty pretty northern for as, the, as far as the lower 48 go. So – uh, we don't actually have raisin canes. It's a, it's a, it's a southern thing as far as as we go. Um, I've never seen it in my life, and I've traveled most of the western states, so I, I've never had the chance of having it. But um, I don't know. I don't mind Chick Fil A. Like me and the, me and a couple of my buddies discussed it. If it was the one thing there in town, we'd probably go for it. But if there's something better, which usually there is, we, we'd uh, we'd go for it instead. So I, I mean, here I'm gonna have to say Chick Fil A because I'm limited, but. <laughs> Hey, I understand that. I understand that completely. So this question um, is asked by one of my listeners, and she wants to know, what is your favorite genre of movies? Movies? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Man, that's a hard one. I don't watch a whole lot of movies anymore. I'm not going to lie to you, boss, man. Oh, yeah, man, I think you that. I'm not much of a TV person anymore. It's It's just not really been much of a... Uh, like a, a focus for me. I've just been too busy for it. Now, when I do get into uh, like on Netflix or something, I'll I'll turn on like a war movie. That's fair. I do like. I know if I, I guess I'll say like westerns, but um, if I have ever have time to w- sit down and watch anything, I usually try to watch uh, The Ranch on Netflix. I do love that show. Um, are you a fan of Yellowstone? Kinda. I mean, I think the the opinion up here is very mixed. You know, it is we we are where the show takes place and it it kind of created a very uneasy time for people in montana because you had these people that decided to move up here because they saw oh my goodness look at all this beautiful area in in montana this this is amazing this is cowboy stuff we could go do this and they came here and they uh built their million multi-million dollar houses and didn't do anything to uh to like shoot man total total brain fart to uh to contribute to the montana and what it's what it truly is so that mixed feelings about yellowstone i think the show is okay uh, i think what it caused montana was worse than worse than they could have decided or seen i guess i understand that um so i don't i don't really know like what it was going on about the uh the movie, uh, dang it, what was it called? They were filming something here in Pahaska, Oklahoma, which is about 40 minutes away from me. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, that's what it's called. It is featuring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I want to watch it, but it's like three hours long. Um, it actually had some friends being extra in it, so that was pretty cool on their part. Um, but I don't, I don't really know like if people hated that because, you know, us Oklahomans are like super crazy about, Hey, look, they're filming a movie here. Um, so I've, I've never really heard about like people hating on, um, like movie sets and such. Uh, people in OKC were going crazy about, uh, filmmakers making the sequel to Twister. Um, really? No, they're making a sequel to Twister. Yeah. Sequel to Twister. I am super excited because that movie came out in the mid nineties and it's still one of my favorite movies of all time. Understandable. I, I get that, man. Yeah, you know, of course you gotta bring some Okie pride to that. Oh, of course. <laughs> Nader. Um, so we're both guys. We, we both probably like sports. You know, you've heard me. I've I'm always talking about something about college football, and it is the perfect time because college football is officially here in the United it States. It started just yep. We're we're back into it. It is crazy to see that Notre Dame beat. Navy forty-five to three in Dublin, Ireland. So, oh my. Yeah, well, you have to say that makes sense. the The military schools don't tend to be the best at football, and Notre, Notre Dame is is uh, usually a top contender. So, yeah, it, it's still crazy to me that they only got three points. You think they they try and put up a good fight on their first play? But... You think so? <laughs> uh, I, guess, I think their excuse is that all their good guys are out uh, doing actual training. That oh my, that is so fair. But look at Air Force right now; they're they're bomb. I think they had like a ten win season last year. Yeah, that's true. They did. They did do good last season. And they won their bowl game against Baylor. 
They were the, oh, I didn't realize that. I, I guess I missed part of it. Yeah, well, I'm trying to keep tabs on everybody. So, um, you know, you being from Montana, you have the FCS, uh, FCS schools. Uh, yeah, the Montana, big sky. They, you know, the Grizz and the Bobcats. So, yeah. what what's your stance on that rivalry? Uh, well, I think the Grizz need to kind of calm down about their superiority. We did just take the title from them this last year. Uh, we are the Big Sky champions. Go Cats! Um, I, I I don't understand. Like I I mean I. I understand how the college football system works. I don't – I guess I don't, like, agree with it much because it, I don't think – I mean, it's it's evident. Uh, the MSU Bobcats don't face up to any of the schools. I mean, they played uh, the Beavers last year, and they got creamed. They, it was like 42 to 10, and it's like that every year when they go play a big uh, – the Pac-12 schools. I guess it's not Pac-12 anymore, <laughs> but um, – <laughs> But the, every time they go play these schools, they get they get absolutely destroyed. And I mean, our, there's a reason we're in the like this whatever. It ended up being the like second first division or like the bottom of the first division. Uh, so I mean, I I don't know. I, I understand it too enough to like go enjoy watching football and watch us get slaughtered by NDSU. But that's that's besides the point. Oh man, um, I've heard that a lot of people are wanting to have North Dakota State and South Dakota State join the FBS schools. They uh, need to. Holy they, cow! They they destroy us, man. Um, I think it was like 2013. They creamed uh, Iowa. Yeah, uh, it was like a a season opener, and you know people were expecting Iowa because you know the Hawkeyes being you know somewhat decent. Yeah, a pretty decent school. Would absolutely you know cream an FCS school. Um, <laughs> and when that happened, you know, you're just like, oh, my gosh, they have what it takes. Um, I forgot what school. Uh, Central Michigan, I know they're FBS, but, you know, they're they're like a, a bottom 20 team. And, like, FBS has, like, 136 teams. Um, but, you know, Central Michigan, a few years back, I think it was, like, 2017, um, they beat Oklahoma State. And, you know, me being a, a poke, I'm like, oh, my gosh a bottom 20 team be a top 10 team. Um, you know, we don't, we're not living up to that top 10 team anymore. Um, like our 2021 season, you know, being 12 and two compared to our uh, seven and five, I th- seven and six season last season. Um, but you know, it, it's crazy to me how college football is. Um, it, it's one of my favorite times of the year, whenever uh kickoff starts and then we finish it in uh, like the first week of January. It is the, the best time of year for me, at least. No, I get that. I, and I'm very excited to see our, our Bobcats play some football here starting up soon. But let's, uh, let's, let's get back on track to the FA stuff. I, 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 it's the same thing with the history. I'll chew your ear off all day like I'm sure you would mind about football. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, so if you were to travel anywhere in the United States um, for anything FFA, I know that our national officers do that anyway. But if you, as a state officer, could do that, where would you go and why? I'd go somewhere down south, maybe. I'm thinking like Georgia, maybe. Anywhere between Georgia and Texas. I just want to see uh, the agriculture, what agriculture is like down there. Because obviously it's different in all corners of the of the country. And I just, I mean, I don't know southern agriculture that well. So I think I'd. I'd be uh, very fascinated and like to see the uh, the agriculture down there. That's actually a pretty good answer. Um, you know, being a Southerner, uh, you know, for myself, I can really speak for most of us down here. Um, agriculture is huge, especially for uh, meat production. You know, both Oklahoma and Texas are massive cattle uh, producers. Um, of course, Texas being the reigning champion of that. Um but oh, besides like meat product, we also have pretty good size uh, fields for growing crops. Um, in my area, we have um, peaches. We we grow and sell our own peaches. Um, but you know we're under a drought, and it's not um, helping that cause uh, to the best uh, potential that we could have. Um, as I said before, you know we we don't have that much rain. Um, and those, those fires just, you know, just made it well uh, known for uh, the entire country. Um, you know, 
it, it's been a while since I've seen a drop of rain, which is crazy to think about because you think, you know, Tornado Alley, um, you have some, tor- some, yeah, and you know, tornadoes are caused by supercell storms and storms drop rain. Well, we haven't seen anything crazy like that in a while, um, especially in my part of Oklahoma. It, it's, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, when is this going to end? Um, like this summer, we were under a water restriction uh, where we had to use like this this amount of water for this like amount of time, and we couldn't really do much about it. And if we went over that limit, we had to pay a heavy fine, um, which isn't fair. But you know, it it's because of you know water. It's it's so it's almost non-existent up here unless you're buying it from Walmart. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm 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 speaking on on behalf of the southerners down here. No, that's a that's a problem in every corner of the country. I'm not gonna lie to you. This uh, not this year we've been very fortunate all over the country or all over the state uh, for water. We're getting a lot more rainfall and just better better. Uh, oh, geez, I guess better water amounts. That's not how it's supposed to be said, but uh, than we usually do. But like last year, I'm like, we, I knew every every farmer and rancher I knew was struggling with water, especially over on the the reservation where I came from with the all the water conservation and issues and stuff. So that did, that didn't help any, but we've been very, very grateful this year to have uh, plenty of rainfall. So um, speaking of, you know, meat production, um, we all have that one guy who likes to um, just get a good burger at any restaurant he can. So I want to know your favorite restaurant that serves meat. My house, man. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Uh shoot. Man, favorite restaurant that serves meat. That's a hard one. As like as like a main dish. Yeah, like, I have to be like a any, honestly, any small town bar. That's where you're gonna get the good stuff. Hmm. You know, I've never been to a bar, uh, mainly because I'm underage. <laughs> That's um, correct, yeah. Yeah, but you know, um, shoot, what's that one restaurant uh, restaurant called? I forget, but you know, it, I got the best steak ever from there. Um, I got it uh, medium rare, of course, as you should. Uh, I got some veggies to go with it, and they decided to give me a one sauce, and I about um, threw that across the table. I didn't actually, but you know, um, it's an insult to that meat. A one oh, sauce, exactly. A good a steak one is a good sauce. steak. Yeah, a good steak is a good steak, and you're just going to ruin it with A1 sauce. Um, and, of course, you got those barbecue restaurants. If you know anything about Head Country Barbecue Sauce, um, they're headquartered in Oklahoma. They have a restaurant um, in uh, Ponca City, Oklahoma. It is to die for. Um, if you ever want to travel anywhere specifically for a good barbecue brisket, um, come here to Oklahoma. I will buy you dinner if you pick me up. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're offering, man, I I got no reason to say no. Oh yeah, I'm I'm inviting you. Come come over here. My house my house is open. I got free. I got tea in the fridge. <laughs> you're good. Um, well, what advice do you have for me and the listeners? Well, I guess for for people your age, more specifically, take in as much as possible. Um, and regardless of if you think you're gonna have a good time doing something or if you're actually going to get anything out of doing anything, go do it. Cause even if you don't, well, at least you have knocked it off the book and you're never going to do it again. Um, that's, that's one thing I made sure to do when I, when I moved up here was to never take any opportunity for granted and uh, learn. Cause you can learn from anything, even if it's that you learn, you didn't like it, you're going to learn something. Uh, so just take, take every opportunity you can learn from everything, learn from everyone, especially because it goes with the same thing. Even if you don't think you're going to share the exact same ideas from them, at least it can make you a, maybe even a smarter or more educated person just from talking to someone. Exactly. And this is a good thing about this podcast. I'm talking to people uh, from so many different backgrounds and, you know, having them share their story to those who, you know, they just need a little bit of inspiration just to see that we're all different and that we all share that same passion for agriculture. So yes, you are, you are 100% correct. Uh, do you have any questions for me? I don't think so, man. I really do appreciate you having me on though. 
Hey, you're very welcome. Man. I enjoyed every second of this uh, episode, and I am super happy that you're able to just spend a little bit of your time out of your day to speak with me. So I'm always th- happy to spend mine with yours. Well, as always, why are we here? Because we believe. Because we believe. Everybody, this is Gunnar LaHog of the Montana State FFA. Everybody, make it a great day and be kind to somebody.